0: We start off this week on CultureFile with a reminder of some of the ways of thinking that could prove useful as we hold tight for the post-pandemic pivot. Jeremy Till is head of Central St. Martin's London and was co-author of The Design of Scarcity. That 2014 essay come manifesto looked at what artists and designers might contribute beyond creating objects that inspire ever-increasing consumption. Imagining a world in which artists might even invent policies. To navigate the bylaw jungle and activate public space in our cities. Timeless, so. Desire at the moment is marshaled by the marketplace. So desire is simply tied up within issues of consumption. I desire to consume more, I desire that object. We need to you know, rescue desire from that very that stranglehold of a very limited understanding of what it might be, and to and to place it within other forms of desire, desire for better ways of living. Practically, how do you go about that? Is to is to just interrogate endlessly the way in which scarcity is constructed, and then to try to intervene in that. Newcastle, New South Wales in Australia, the city centre was completely empty because there were really stupid, stupid legal and zoning and planning requirements about the use of space. And all that um, Renew Newcastle did, Marcus Westbury did, was to go in to understand what was constructing that scarcity what was constructing the scarcity of access to space it was very simple he just understood it was a legal framework he's an artist but what he used was his imagination to unlock all those systems and then in unlocking what constructed the scarcity he made an abundance of space available to to artists and and the creative types now it's a very direct example but i think that it's a good example because it shows that you're not you're always kind of burying down and down and down to try to find what constructed the scarcity in the first place and then to intervene imaginatively. What's happened recently, particularly in the architectural field, is that they've become pretty much reduced to designing facades for the spatialisation capital. So what I mean by that is, is that is that buildings effectively have become spreadsheets in which you extract as much value out of the plot of land as possible, whether it's housing or offices or whatever, and then you dress it up with, with nice facades in order to get it through planning. And that means that the whole role of the architect has been severely diminished. Architects have become one of the means by which you can keep extracting more out of less... There's an interesting Dutch critic called Rome van Turen who talks about fresh conservatism, uh, and what he means by that is is that architects in Holland in the in the early two thousands were were kind of wrapping up and producing these fantastically kind of wild avant garde fresh forms, but actually they were leaving the underlying forces of conservative forces of capitalism completely unscathed and in doing it in an avant-garde manner by doing them in a fresh manner it made those forces look fresh themselves and and that is the story of apple that is the story of the the design-led commodity process yeah, which is why designers do need to think pretty hard sometimes about about what they're doing and about what what their purpose is. So if their purpose is simply to produce more desire, then they probably have to ask questions of themselves. We need to think really hard about what is the role of the designer, which is a deeply political question. It's not simply an aesthetic question. We need to get back to those questions in a... And I think that's what we're trying to do at Simpson Martins. That we, you know, we're not talking about products as, as things of beauty. We're talking about products as part of a of, of, of a, of a social process which has a beginning and an end. It's a strange conundrum we're in, in as much as the creative industries are the only expanding industries within within the UK at the moment. They are the second biggest industry after finance. And yet art and design schools seem to be in some way priors. It's clear that standard models of thinking are failing us. It's called 2008. It's called the crash. It's called business schools. It's called the poverty of economic thinking. And so what alternative models of thinking have we got? And I, I would strongly argue that the alternative models of thinking we've got are emerging from places like this. They're not emerging from philosophy departments because they still... Tend to have a degree of abstraction about them, whereas designers and artists are always working with the here and now. Inevitably, they're working both with their hands and their minds. These forms of thinking expand way beyond the designs of cups and saucers or, or nice paintings to hang in galleries. They actually are to do with the way that we may rethink you know, the future of society. And designers and artists have, I think, a huge role to play in that. So it's not just about an economic argument. The creative industries that is important clearly but it's about a more ambitious thing which is how do artists and designers contribute to the debate about societal futures the recent Programs that have have been and and articles about the art school have mythologised a a period of art art history in the 70s, which actually, if you talk about most people who were there, it was full of drunken drunken men. It was incredibly unprofessional. You might get one or two, and inevitably there has been in the expansion of the art school. There's been more and more bureaucracy, more and more kind of accountability, etc., etc., and more and more professionalisation of it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's suppressed imagination, which is what the mythology of the 70s is. It was kind of pure creativity. I don't believe in that part of the problem maybe was accepting this role in the creative industries to immediately say the balance sheet will be part of what we're talking about and 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 that might be the beginning of a on the problem for the sector for art schools in general yeah it may be if if you are tied simply to the the words of the creative economy, but I think that what one sees within the relationship of art schools to the creative industries and the creative economies, they're being reinvented the whole time. Our students aren't they're in the service of the creative industries, they become the creative industries themselves very quickly so it acts in a rather different manner than say a business school, if you come out from a business school you are going into the service of the market economy, you're trained to do that, I don't see the creative economy as this, as this monolith which we have to serve, I see it as something which we are creating I would hope that what is happening is that those values are always always being thrown up into the air Jeremy Till there and his co-authored book, The Design of Scarcity, is available from the UK's Architectural Association bookshop online.